Hey, friend. Happy almost Thanksgiving here in America. If you're listening to this during the holiday weekend, I want to encourage you to get your Elegant Excellence Goals Journal by Sunday night. Next week, I'm hosting a free workshop for all owners to kick off and go deeper on some of the signature teachings. And I'm doing two versions of this workshop, with one exclusively for fellow and aspiring entrepreneurs on how some of the core principles inside the journal apply to business decisions, which is not teaching included in the journal since it was created to apply to everyone regardless of your vocation. So tell your entrepreneur friends this is a free business class not to be missed. You can get your journal at elegantexcellence.com or swipe up to find it linked in the description below. And then keep an eye on your inbox for an invite to those classes next week. Till then, let's get on with the show. What was that? You're welcome. With Hillary Rushford. Say it again. You're welcome. In advance. Hello, y'all from Nashville, Tennessee. Um, actually, no one really has that accent here, but I do love a Southern accent. So I just got back from being down South, and I had an experience while preparing for and being present on this trip that I find happens to us often, but we don't often notice it. It's one of my favorite lines, favorite personal ahas, and I find I forget and have to keep remembering it. And yet every time I do, it is so powerful. So that's what I want to share on today. But let's back up to talk about how I ended up in Nashville. At the very beginning of the year, one of my dear friends, Miss Allie Worthington, asked me to speak at her event, a conference for female entrepreneurs. I almost never speak. I love to speak. My father is a professional speaker. It is in my bones. I was that girl who was given the speech in you know, fifth grade graduation, eighth grade graduation. But it just isn't really in our business model right now. Because I teach online courses, many of them, and we have a ton of students, there's a lot of daily management that I do on my team. Normally, leaving the office for a few days that feels like time we can't afford to lose, like I'd be sprinting right up until leaving and coming back behind. Though a major reason I'm excited to write my book is because speaking naturally becomes part of that revenue stream. And I love speaking and I really love meeting you in person, <laughs> which is why, sneak peek, I'm hosting my business mastermind again in 2020. And I doubled the length so there's just one chance to enroll for the year. And I tripled the amount of live events, including one that is so insane and exciting. So stay tuned for that, if that might apply to you. But in 2019, I said yes to this event purely because I want to support my closest friends whenever I can. And then since I was hosting the inaugural six-month version of my Elegant Excellence Mastermind, I added a meetup in Nashville while I was there as a bonus. So I was flying in for two events on Friday, and while I was there, my COO lives in Nashville, so it seemed logical to stay for a few days to co-work with him. Also, I love the container that travel creates. I've realized over the years, one of the reasons I have so many more photo shoots in Paris than in Brooklyn is you have a deadline. I could do a photo shoot in Brooklyn anytime. And because it's never the number one priority we have to get done for business, it never happens. <laughs> but when I'm going to Paris, I have a set time to schedule a photographer, pack outfits, make it happen so it gets prioritized. 
And when traveling, we knock out more of my regular meetings that I have when I'm in Brooklyn ahead of time. So there's also just more room in the schedule when I travel for other kinds of work. So I took that same approach to Nashville and preparing for that. I said, while I'm there, why don't we try to schedule me to guest and interview on other podcasts? And why don't we schedule to have a few of my Nashville friends that I'd love to chat with about a certain topic on our podcast? And then people started to hear I was going to be in Nashville. So I started getting other requests. A publisher wanted to meet with me and a PR agency. I also have some friends and colleagues that I wanted to meet up with. So I started sending texts, a friend who flew into our wedding that I haven't seen since, a colleague I'm friends with on Instagram but have never met. So this all kind of unfolds starting way back in the spring and then a little over the summer and then more plans early into the fall. But then I created the Elegant Excellence Goals Journal a product I'd been dreaming about for years and I'm so proud of and know will bless so many, but I've been honest about this, was 10 times more complicated and time-consuming than I imagined. So that brings me to the holiday season, the week before Thanksgiving, and I, despite years of intentional work on essentialism, doing less but better, being more wise in making the right goals happen, teaching that annual vision casting workshop as we lay out our year and we really think wisely about our priorities. I have been working nights and weekends for about two months now. I'm pretty exhausted. It's been pretty hard on Jeremy because I'm sprinting, tired, stressed, have nervous energy. There's always something I need to be working on. So my life has really been the dominating priority in our marriage. And I have a month left before the holidays and another big deadline that we can't push back, which I'm sort of okay with because I can see how things will shift in the new year, how this is a season and not a lifestyle. But knowing I have another full month and that working nights and weekends for another month just are not sustainable, I'm being extra intentional about my choices. So the week before I leave for Nashville, I asked myself one of my favorite questions. If there wasn't scarcity of time, would I be doing this right now? If there wasn't scarcity of time, would I be doing this right now? This is similar to what we talked about in episode 32 around the fear of missing out. If I wasn't going to Nashville and they weren't based in Nashville, would I be having a meeting with a publisher or a PR agency this week? No, that wasn't on my radar at all. They reached out and put it on my radar, but it wasn't a stated priority. I'm only feeling like I should say yes because there's a scarcity of time. But this is 2019. I can do a Zoom call with anyone in the world anytime I want. So I said no to the meetings because I knew that meant I was saying yes to the things actually on my priority list and having time for those in Nashville, which was number one, our mastermind launch and waterfalling into number two, being more rested in this coming month to have more and better quality time with Jeremy. I then asked a second favorite query. This was my idea. This was my choice. What if I made a different choice? This was my idea. This was my choice. What if I made a different choice? This question, friend, is so powerful. I've got my hand up in the air like I am preaching. When I arrived on Friday, I felt exhausted simply looking over my itinerary for the week 
My team was amazing and they had laid it all out for me and I was scheduled within an inch of my life, driving all over town for interviews and to recording studios. So I asked my team, how many hours would I save if I canceled the driving to and from and all the podcast interviews on other people's show and guests on my show? My thought was, if I'm spending, say, eight hours to record two episodes for you, can I spend less than eight hours if I do those episodes differently? I don't have to do those conversations this trip. And if I'm spending three hours doing an interview for someone else, what does that mean I'm not getting done off my to-do list for our mastermind launch, my number one priority? Gosh, I just love both of these questions so much because I noticed that even though I've asked these for years, I still remain on autopilot in fixed thinking so often. I've made a choice and then I forget that I could still make a different choice, that I am the boss of me, that this was my idea. Just because I said yes doesn't mean I can't say no now. Just because I initially thought that sounded like a good idea doesn't mean that I don't now have new and different information that makes it feel more like a shiny penny I'm chasing than doing what's absolutely most essential. Now, to be honest, I asked my team for that info on Friday, and then I didn't cancel anything. (laughs) But the fact that I had asked made me feel more in control, less like my life was just happening to me and more at peace if I did move forward. I think a lot of times we get into that victim mentality, feeling like our life is happening all around us. And even just asking the question, if you don't necessarily make a different choice, reminding yourself that you could, you actually are empowered, to me, feels very hopeful and makes me feel much less like I am just in being bandied about in the storms of everything happening around me. Coincidentally, at 9 p.m. on Sunday night, my Monday conversation canceled due to illness. And once one was canceled, then the time to drive to the studio for the other for sure seemed unwise. So hilariously, the universe canceled for me. And because I'd been open to that, I just laughed and shrugged my shoulders. Which, P.S., as an aside, this was a friend who is an Enneagram expert. And while this isn't an interview podcast, in the way that I did with the episode on how to be a good friend in grief, if you recall, I interviewed five different friends on that topic. None of them could you audibly hear on the episode, but I was pulling from their wisdom. There may be times when I bring in a friend who can speak to something that I'm struggling with, pondering, wondering about, and I'm not the expert in. So I've been thinking a lot about friendship this year. You have sent me so many DMs since that topic in one of my earliest episodes. I think it was maybe episode four. And one of the things I've been pondering is personality types in relationships, such as friendships or work colleagues, if you're an entrepreneur and hiring for your team. So we'll return to that topic another time. But I had posted on Instagram literally 20 minutes before my assistant texted to say that she had canceled, asking you for your questions about the Enneagram and what type are you, which is why I'm mentioning it. So you aren't wondering what happened to that episode. A cold and cough is what happened. So, all right. The third thing I asked myself was, what if you can only choose one? What if you can only choose one? Because most of the time we can only choose one. We just delude ourselves into thinking we can have it all and then we take on way too much. But pain and deadlines are both good teachers. The exhaustion of the last two months and seeing I have one month left in this season 
is helping me make clearer trade-off decisions. So after speaking and hosting two events on Friday, I had multiple friends I would have loved to see. But I looked past the scarcity of this one weekend in Nashville to a trip to with Jeremy to Charleston, South Carolina the following weekend, and Thanksgiving weekend together after that. And I felt if I tried to say yes to friends this weekend, I was saying no to Jeremy the next two because I would be more behind with my work and trying to multitask in part because I was going to be more tired and therefore accomplishing less on my work days and probably then ending up more behind. I dearly want more friendships, deeper friendships. I prioritize and want to be someone who prioritizes friendships. This is such a good goal. But being an essentialist means looking at a few great goals and choosing the one that matters most. And in this season, I'm feeling that's Jeremy and he's supported when I choose being healthier for work. So really, friendships comes in third place. And in this season, and let's be honest, most seasons, three is too many stated priorities. So what did I do? Literally didn't leave my hotel all weekend (laughs) or change out of my sweatsuit. I ate all of my meals in the hotel restaurant or ordering room service, aside from going to church with my COO and his family on Sunday. I only saw those friends who were staying in the hotel also there for the conference because I could see them last minute, just an elevator ride away in said sweatsuit. I slept in. I got a massage. I talked to my mom on the phone for two and a half hours. I connected on Instagram with those of you who had heard me speak or were at our mastermind event or missed those. So I shared as much as I could of those takeaways on IG stories. And spoiler alert, I am so grateful that I slowed down and paused to ask these questions. I feel much better. I felt much better about our trip in Charleston. I feel much better heading into the holidays. And it is why I wanted to slow down today and share them with you, because it's my hope that these three questions might serve you over this holiday weekend, this holiday month, as you close out your 2019, as you start to plan your 2020. So the three questions are, number one, if there wasn't any scarcity of time, would I be doing this right now? Are you only Black Friday shopping because there's scarcity? Would you be spending this money otherwise? Do you really need these things? If you hear this after Black Friday, maybe it's those Christmas sales. Are you pushing to a holiday deadline for work in a wise way? You're holding yourself accountable or maybe it's on your weight loss or some other personal goal. Is it wisely holding yourself accountable or is it some external idea that December 31 is a magical deadline that has you trying to do way too much? If there wasn't scarcity of time, would I be doing this right now? Number two, this was my idea. This was my choice. What if I made a different choice? Did you agree to make it to both families in one day on Thanksgiving and now you're so exhausted the thought of that makes you want to weep? (laughs) Do you want a restful, spacious holiday with one set of family and to find another time to see the others? Could you Propose an idea that has you meeting in the middle so that if others really want to see you, you aren't the only one logging all those miles back and forth. And perhaps Thanksgiving is too last minute. Maybe the guilt trip would be too heavy or it would feel like you're canceling at the last minute. But maybe if it helps you to think ahead to Christmas in a month or even declare now what you want for your holidays a year from now and then tell someone, your partner, a friend, your team, what do you want a year from now? 
Honestly, one year I realized I was always exhausted come January because I'd sprint through work to the holidays, be so tired that the break wasn't enough really to recover, and then have set us up to come right back and sprint again. I couldn't do anything at the time when I realized it, but I declared that a full year later, I would institute gentle January. I think maybe we took Fridays off in that January. We didn't do a big launch. It took planning ahead for a year, but that was a beautiful growth out of a stuck season and realizing I can't always make a different choice today, a week from now, a month from now. Sometimes I have to look ahead a year, but I am empowered to make a different choice. And number three, what if you can choose only one? If you have multiple good desires and conflict, which is the most important? Are you starting to lose patience with your kids because you're so exhausted and being a good parent really trumps making your aunt or your cousins happy this holiday? Or maybe your parents are aging and seeing them is most important. So instead, you're going to simplify work this month or turn down some holiday party invites once you're back throughout December or opt for a super chill New Year's Eve so you can put your energy into that family holiday time. You know, one of my favorite phrases is you are the CEO of your own life. You have more freedom and are more empowered than you think. And I realize that there is a privilege that comes with having more or less money and socioeconomic status and education. But I truly believe that wherever we are at, if you feel stuck, overwhelmed, or overcommitted, there's always some small choice that we can make. Even if it doesn't make all the difference, because trust me, I've been in a hustle season that felt like the train was headed down the mountain and I did not have a brake pedal. I did not feel in control or like I had a choice once the the train had left the station. But the small choices can make a difference. Considering canceling those interviews meant I could shrug and laugh when they canceled on their own. Ordering room service versus putting on makeup and hitting the town with a friend is a small energetic victory that can make a big difference once I've made a few of those in a week and they all kind of add up to being more present and refreshed for a full Saturday with my husband. Planning ahead to take a full weekend off in Charleston gave me more energy to work in the week leading up to it. So sometimes those small shifts They just change our perspective. They change our energy. They change the way that we're seeing things, even if it doesn't fully mean that we are completely empowered to just say, I'm not going to work this week. I'm not going to do any of these things. We may not have that freedom, but by asking these questions, we realize there is more internal energetic freedom than I feel that most of us acknowledge. And I say that for myself because, again, after having asked these questions for years, Uh, It still hits me like a light bulb sometimes when I'm like, wait a minute, this was my idea. What if I made a different choice? (laughs) I think, Killer, you've told yourself this for years, but we just get into that mode of feeling like the train is barreling down the mountain and we have no choice but to hold on for the ride. You could even just decide you're going to stick your head outside and wave your hair in the wind and enjoy the fast speed that it's going at. That in and of itself is a different choice than saying, I hate this. I'm terrified of roller coasters, which for me is true. And a bonus question. Number four, what am I grateful for? Appropriately, as we head into Thanksgiving here in the U.S., but truly gratitude helps immensely in reminding us how lucky we are. Shifting our thoughts to the positive 
And then from that place, we make better decisions and are better at problem solving. So here's hoping these small shifts and personal questions bring you more space and gratitude this holiday season and beyond. One more thing. Don't miss this. Before you go, love. P.S. Something I'm loving lately, well, being Thanksgiving, here are five things that I am especially grateful for and thus loving. Number one, our family is all healthy. That is one of the things I give thanks for most often on a regular daily basis. Number two, we have a brand new little niece named Oakley. You may have seen her on the Instagram and we get to see her plus my niece and nephew that you guys adore, Devin and Henry, all over Christmas in a few short weeks. Number three, per today's advice, we changed our plans for Thanksgiving. I'll explain that at a different time, but we've had some really hard things happen in our personal life in the last few months. And We decided it would be healthiest for us to do the holidays just alone as a couple. So I'm really proud of how we took a sad situation and chose to find a positive spin on it. Number four, we bought our Christmas tree. Our first one in this home, I will share on Instagram once it's up, but I am pretty giddy about seeing it lit up at night against this gorgeous Manhattan skyline. And number five, despite all the hard work, the Elegant Excellence Goals Journal is out in the world. She arrives so soon. I genuinely am excited because I created this for myself just as much as you, and I don't have a copy yet myself. So I'm nerdily legit excited for them to ship to you and me. And if you haven't gotten yours, the link is below or at elegantexcellence.com. And once you order, we can hang out on my live vision casting workshop next week. Oh, and I would be incredibly grateful if you would take 10 seconds to swipe up and leave a review on this podcast. You don't even have to write anything, though it would be amazing. I am loving hearing from y'all like Ali Shanti, who said, I shared with my daughter. That's how good this is. I can't recall if I already left a review, so this could be number two. But Hillary, your podcast is so good. It deserves two five-star reviews for me. Brittany said, Hillary gives so much of herself to these talks. Dana said, Hillary's openness and ability to be vulnerable are unparalleled. I continue to listen because I'm absolutely positively blown away with her wisdom she shares week after week. She is definitely wise beyond her years. And Kelly Martell said, so I'm a blast from Hillary's past. I worked with her during a previous musical theater career. I love hearing about mental health, balancing the many hats we wear as women, and just having a well-rounded life. You are a star, babe. You as well, my dear. So I would be so grateful. We are at 766 reviews. And if you appreciate this free weekly session, it would really mean a lot to me if you would encourage someone else who stumbles upon this to join in this community. I'm honored you're here. Have a beautiful holiday if you are celebrating one this weekend and order your Elegant Excellence Goals Journal by Sunday night. So I'll see you live at one of my online workshops next week. I'll see you there with grace and gumption. Till next Wednesday.